Thank you for that offer. Avatori, shepherd of love. Aren't you glad for the great shepherd this morning? Amen. Oh, it's good to see you out this morning. As you see on the screen, we're headed towards just a moment. That's the title of the message today. Now, young people, I'm getting really insecure when you do this every Sunday. <laughs> Have a great morning. Yeah, that's good. Excited to open God's Word with you this morning. Let's go to the Lord one more time in prayer. Would you with me? As heads are bowed, if you haven't yet, would you just ask him to speak to your heart? Thank you, Father, for the opportunity that lies before us today and for our great shepherd that's made it possible to come and to worship collectively today. Our prayer is that you would be glorified in, in this place, and lifted up, and that you would work in our hearts that might, we might leave changed and different than what we've come. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Just a moment. Think about that. Just a moment. You remember your child's first words? All of the dads were hoping that they would say daddy or dada, and all the moms were hoping that they'd say mama, and they got all of the coaching going on there, and whatever the first words were, those were amazing times. Time is only in the present with children. Did you ever stop and think about that? Time is only in the present with children. My four-year-old granddaughter, Lily, be only because she's heard other people ask the question will ask periodically, what time is it? Because she really doesn't have any concept of time. When she says, what time is it? I could say, it's 14 o'clock. It would make no difference at all because they have no time presence or tense. Have you ever wondered, is childhood for us what life might have been in the garden for Adam and Eve before they swallowed Satan's lie? No time, no clocks, no calendars? That'd be sweet. Simply living in the now. A time-free world, but then time invaded the world, their world. Everyone has a certain number of moments, don't we? Everyone except God, that is. John 8, 58, Jesus said, before Abraham was born, I am. Such statements are what caused the mob to want to stone him because they didn't think anyone in the right mind would ever be able to make statements like that. Yet in Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 15, it identify, Jesus identifies himself as the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity. Psalms 93, 2, God is from everlasting to everlasting king. He alone is, has immortality, 1 Timothy 6, 16. Your years are without end, Psalms 102, verse 27. And then Job 36, 32, the number of your years are unsearchable. Look around you this morning. 
Everything that you see had a beginning, but not God. And when we try to ponder on that and think on it, that where did God come from? How did he always exist? We just can't get our minds around that, can we? Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 13, from eternity I am he. Not even God made God. If I may go back to John 8, 58, once again, before Abraham was born, I am. And we think right off, shouldn't that be I was? But no, it should not be. God never says I was because he still is. He is right now. He is always. He doesn't exist according to our timetable. His world is motionless. History has no progression with him. There are no centuries. It's all one single photo. Your birth and your death are all in one frame. He knows your beginning and the end, while he is neither. You say, that doesn't make sense. I know, because eternity, once again, does not make sense to us, because we are time-bound. Ecclesiastics 3.11, he hath set eternity in our hearts. Tucked away in each of us is a hunch that we were made for forever, and a hope that that hunch is true. Your world, believe it or not, extends beyond time. And think of this. There was a time you did not exist, right? But there never will be a time that you will cease to exist. You say, wait a minute. Aren't we all going to die? Yes, but the real us, the soul that makes us part like God and apart from all of the other animal kingdom is going to live on in one of two places heaven or hell depending upon what we do with jesus christ in this lifetime accept that free gift of eternal life or reject it there was a time you did not exist but there never will be a time when you cease to exist hallelujah <laughs> life on earth is summed up by just a moment And let's face it, life can be pretty harsh at times, can it not? I don't know what you've gone through this morning, or I mean this week. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4.17, Paul said, our light affliction is but for a moment. It is working for us far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. <laughs> Written by the Apostle Paul, as I said. For too many times to remember was beaten. Five times beaten with 39 lashes only because that by all they could give him by law. Three times beaten with rods, stoned, three times shipwrecked, life-threatened river trips, wonder, wilderness wanderings, on and on the list goes. And yet Paul was able to say light affliction to be endured for a moment. Now, my question is, what if we took the same attitude towards life? We saw our tough times as a grain of sand, scarcely worthy of contrast with the forever dunes. This is all about me thinking, says life is short. 
Get out of it everything that you can. But God's wisdom says, life is short. Stay in the game. Endure until the end. We don't like to think about that. We want to be happy. We want to have all of our prayers answered all of the time, and we want things to go well. Stay in the game until the end. That brings me to something that we don't like to consider, but all of us at one time or another in our life are probably affected by it, and that is suicide. Not, there we go. Suicide is a temporary moment of wrong thinking. An impulsive act due to stress where one sees no other way out. Listen, your problems may pass, but they might not. Your pain might cease, and it might not. But Paul is saying to us, your light affliction, which is only for a moment, that's compared to eternity, is working for you, for us, a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Nowhere in Scripture do we find that one that takes their life doesn't go to heaven. You cannot find a verse. If you, can, if you can find a verse, would you share that with me? You say, but they can't ask forgiveness. I understand that. But follow me now. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, all of your sins were forgiven, right? Past, present, as well as future. Then you might say, then why do we have to ask forgiveness when we sin after we become a child of God. Because we still sin after we become a child of God. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, if you want to turn there, I'm going to read a couple of these verses. I'm not going to start with 11, though. I'm going to pipe in with uh, number 13. In him you also... When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed, or a better translation there, would be trusted. You trusted in him, Jesus. You were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of the inheritance until we acquire possession of it. You were sealed unto the day of redemption. Ladies, do you do any canning? Is that, that's kind of a thing gone by, isn't it? I mean, even this past week I saw on television, you can get your meals through the mail. Canning's maybe taken a back. I, I can remember my grandma canning stuff, and one of the things that were my favorite were the canned peaches. Any of y'all still do that? I'm looking. I'm going to take down your name. And <laughs> Those are great. But when, whatever we sealed, what happened to that? It, become, it became secure and safe until when until you open the jar the bible says we are going to we are sealed with the holy spirit until the day of redemption until we get to heaven there are a lot of folks today in christendom 
that don't believe that once you're saved, you're always saved. What A verse that's meant a whole lot to me in my life is 1 John 5, 12 and 13. He that hath the Son hath life, eternal life. He that hath not the Son doesn't. These things have I written unto you that trust in the name of the Son of God that you might, now watch this, K-N-O-W, know that you have eternal life. If you don't have the assurance of salvation today, please understand God wants you to have that. And until you do, you will never be as effective as you could be in your Christian life. You need to settle that once and for all. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15, I will never leave you. That's the promise of Jesus. And when you are sealed unto the day of redemption the scriptures are saying there's nothing that we can do nothing that anybody else can do to break that seal we are secure in christ until we get to glory amen now if you would turn with me again to hebrews chapter 6 and uh this is probably my favorite verse is verses um on once saved always saved and yet when you first look at it it appears to be that it is the opposite. Let's read it together, beginning with verse 4 of chapter 6 of Hebrews. It is impossible. Got that word? It is impossible in the case of those who have been once enlightened. Now, that's a head knowledge. This person at this point could be or could not be saved. We can be, have head knowledge without ever trusting Christ. But as we go on, we'll see emphatically that this person is saved. Not only are they enlightened, they have tasted of the heavenly gift. That's referring to the Holy Spirit that we've just talked about. And have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted of the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age of come. That if they could fall away, it would be, what's he saying here, impossible, back to the third word there, impossible to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again Jesus. The writer of Hebrews is saying, listen, you better not lose your salvation because if you do, you can never be saved again because it would be crucifying Christ over and over and over again. He said, if it were possible, but it's, not impo but it's not possible. What a fantastic portion of Scripture. Not only were you sealed at the very moment you trusted Christ as your Savior, you were indwelt with the Holy Spirit of two. The person of the Godhead in the person of the Holy Spirit came to indwell you, never to leave. You are sealed. You are indwelt. It takes place one time at salvation but then over in ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 it says be not drunk one wine with wine where is in excess but be ye filled with the holy spirit why do we need to be filled because we keep sinning you see when you trusted christ as your savior you received a new nature that new nature is a godly nature. But the old nature was not eradicated. It was not done away with. And the nature that you feed the most is going to become the strongest. But the Bible says, don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. How are we filled? Guys, I'm trying to... There we go. All right. Got we are born once physically. Got that? 
We are born once spiritually. You don't have to be born over and over and over again into God's family. It takes place one time. When we sin, he doesn't kick us out of the family because the relationship remains the same. What's hindered is our relationship. I can look back at a couple, I don't know about you, I know that at least a couple of times in my childhood, teenage years, my dad probably thought, even though he never said it, he had to think of it, I'm going to kick this guy out of the family. <laughs> if he would have done that, would he still be my dad? Would I still be his son? Listen to me this morning. There is nothing that you can do to undo what God's done for you. That doesn't give you a license to sin. That gives you the motivation to live the kind of life that God wants you to live. You are sealed with the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit every day. And if you're not, you are trying to live the Christian life on your own, and you can't do that. There's not one of us that can. When one is filled with the Holy Spirit, they are controlled. Filling and controlling are synonymous terms. When I am filled with the Holy Spirit, I am controlled. When I am not filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm in control of my life. And if I, any day that I get up in the morning and before my feet hit the floor, I don't confess my sin and ask the Holy Spirit to fill me afresh and anew, I am in control of my life. That's when I get in trouble. How about you? When I finally came to the place where I understood that I don't have to try to live the Christian life, that the Holy Spirit stands ready to live the Christian life in and through me, it made all of the difference in the world. You can't do it. He can and stands ready to do so. When I am filled with the Holy Spirit, I am controlled by the Holy Spirit. I no longer have to try to live the Christian life on my own, but rely upon the Holy Spirit to do it through me. That's a key in the Christian life. So how is one filled? Well, I've already answered that, really. You simply ask. And he does it. Remember way back when I first, one of the first messages I brought the transforming prayer. Lord, cleanse me. That's got to be first. Because if you're not emptied of self, the Holy Spirit's not going to come in and take control. So cleansing is the first thing that needs to take place. The filling is the second thing. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. Here's the problem. I think a lot of Christians today are still trying to live the Christian life in their own merit and strength. And it's like driving your automobile around, happily enjoying it, maybe with the top down, not yet, later on a little bit, and you never check the gas gauge. And all of a sudden it's, and you're sitting beside the side of the road or on the side of the road. Because you never stopped to refuel it. The filling of the Holy Spirit is like the refueling in our lives. 
What a marvelous thing to recognize and to come into the understanding that I need to stop trying to be what I'm supposed to be all by myself. But the Holy Spirit that came into my life at the moment of salvation stands ready to do to live the Christian life through me. I am empowered, don't you love that word, by him, and there's nothing, Paul said, that I can't do with him. I can do all things through Christ, who is my strength. That is a transforming prayer. Pray it every day. Pray it in the morning. Pray it throughout the day as needed because, again, we continually sin, so we need to continually be filled. And before we can be filled, we need to be cleansed. Cleanse me, fill me, and then use me. And as I've shared with you in the past, there is probably no prayer that excites God more than when his children pray those three things, and especially the latter one, use me. Aren't you glad that God uses people? May you be encouraged this morning when you understand that God can use anyone. That includes you. You say, well, I can't sing. I can't speak. I can't. But there are things that you can do that others can't do like you can do because that's the way God's intended it. What are those things that you can do? And if... And one thing that we can all do, you say, I'm older, I can't really do the things that I used to do. Pray. Much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. As this church continues to go on and we secure a pastor, the one that we feel that God would have us to have, and what are we going to do? We need to be praying much for him, praying much for the elders, praying much for the leadership of this church because if we don't pray much, much is not going to happen. Only little will happen. It all is based upon prayer. Salvation doesn't exclude or do away with the trials and hard times in our lives. Have you noticed? Paul reminds us that it's only for a moment, though. And that moment, sorry to say, kind sir, dear lady, could be most of a lifetime for you. But compared to an eternity, he's saying, look forward towards the reward. That still awaits you. God doesn't remove our struggles. He doesn't eliminate the hard times. The burdens because those are there to do something to grow us and to make us strong in hard times may I encourage you this morning to keep your eyes on him not on the problem not on the situation not on the person that's trying to do you wrong but on him And when we view life with eternity in mind, things change. I think that's where we get that phrase, this too will pass. (laughs) When we view life with eternity in mind, things change and burdens lift. May I encourage you to stay positive, to stay fighting, to stay brave, to stay focused because God's always with you in the good times as well as the bad. 
Someone said, worry is the conversation that you have with yourself about things you can't change. Well, prayer is the conversation you have with God about things he can change. And you have the choice to worry or to pray. What will it be? Only God can turn a mess into a message. <laughs> Only God can turn a messed up life into a glorious message. Aren't you glad of that today? He's done that for us, many of us here today. And I trust if he hasn't done that for you yet today, you'll allow him to do so before you leave. Only God, or God turns our testings into testimonies and trials into triumphs. And I like this one too victims into victory last sunday we sang one of my favorite songs of all time victory in jesus that's it we have victory all we need to do is claim that victory this past week i was reminded of something i was reading through psalms 46 10 you know that verse be still and know that i am god remember that one do you have do you have trouble with that oh i have trouble with that waiting for God he doesn't always work according to my timetable how about you but as hard as it is for us to wait in our everything instant society the literal meaning of that phrase be still in the Hebrew from which we get the Old Testament writings is harder yet you ready let go let go let go and know that i am god let go of trying to control your spouse let go of trying to control the situation let go of trying to worry about finances or your unforgiveness towards someone just forgive them let go of your past let go of you name it and know that i am god and then rest in the knowledge that god is in control again when we view life with eternity in mind things begin to look different and burdens are lifted what was heavy is not heavy anymore praise god with all of this in mind how should this affect our everyday life? Well, if life is but for a moment, can't we endure anything? I'd say it would be easy. But can't we endure anything? We all have days when we feel that we can't survive. Days where dreams are shattered. Friendships may fall apart. Loved ones may hurt us. Isn't it ironic that the ones that love us the most hurt us the most? Sickness may overtake us. We may lose people that we love. But God will always be there to guide us through every tough time. 
Never lose faith. Trust him always. Because remember, it's not about you. That's our whole series. It's not about you. It's all about who? Him. Our key verse? 2 Corinthians 3.18. Four weeks in a row now. You have it memorized, right? Oh, I'll keep working on it. 2 Corinthians 3.18, focusing on Jesus for he changes who? Me. May I encourage you this morning, whatever's going on in your life, to get your eyes off of the situation. Get your eyes off of the pain. Not easy to do. Get your eyes off of that person. The one that you have really reached out to, the one that you really were nice to, and yet they still treat you like they do. Get your eyes off the uncertainties of life and onto Jesus. And then remember, come on. Go one more, please. There's supposed to be one, two, there's supposed to be one more on there. Oh, no, wait, that's it. Oh, silly me. We are called to a life of what? Say it together. Oh. In, but, the, but it goes on, and this is the good part. Empowered by Jesus Christ and accompanied by joyful thanksgiving. <laughs> Man, put that all together. I can be joyful no matter what comes into my life. I have a whole series that I've done in a church years ago um, on happiness is a choice. You choose whether you're going to be happy, in a, happy or not. We are called to a life of endurance. We don't even like to think about that, as I mentioned early on. We like everything to go well. A life of endurance, who wants to even think about that? But God says, endure this lifetime. Paul said, until you get to glory, where you will receive your reward and look for the very first time into the eyes of the one that gave it all up for you. And it will be worth it all. This past week, I got word of one of my dear friends back in the church in Virginia, Smith Mountain Lake, where I was pastoring. He came to me and he said, uh, Grant, have you ever done a study on heaven? Have you ever taught on heaven? And I had to admit to him, no, Jesse, I haven't. And he said, well, here's a book, Heaven, Randy Elkhorn, if you want a good one. And um, he said, what? why don't you read it, and then we'll get back together, and maybe we can team teach it. I, I love that concept. Read the, read, the, read the book and got back with Jess, and we would meet every week to discuss what he was going to do and what I was going to do. And I left Virginia. It was two years ago this coming uh, August, and I just got word this week that even though, well, let me back up. Even though we did that study in heaven, there were still some things that you just don't know about heaven. 
That's, I think God planned it that way, to be honest with us, with you. Jesse went to be with the Lord this week. And all of the questions that he had about heaven and any other question he has has been answered as he's looked into the face of the one that died for him. That is the reward that awaits us. And Paul, through the leading of the Holy Spirit, said, endure to the end. Maybe we could say it this way. It's time that you toughen up a bit and recognize that Jesus is in control and God's in control of all things and he will never allow you to go through something that he's right there by your side. What is it that you need today, kind sir, dear lady? Whatever it is, does it come to mind? Would you focus your mind upon Jesus standing there with open arms saying, whatever you need, I have it. Rely upon me. Focus on me. Just a moment. If I or you live to be a hundred years old, that's a long time. It's nothing compared to your forever. Where are you going to spend your forever? Eternity, because there was a time that you did not exist. But there never will be a time when you will cease to exist. We're going to close in just a moment. And as we do close the service, I would encourage you, if you don't have the assurance that you're on your way to heaven, or if you have a spiritual need, as people are leaving, would you come and we would like to share with you, take you through God's word and show you how you can be absolutely sure that you're on your way to heaven. But before we do that, I've got one other thing. I woke up this morning with a song in my mind that I hadn't heard in a long time. And I think it was there because just this week, although it was not on the national news, you can go online and get the information. The Pope signed a document with the Muslim head religious guru for a one world religion. It has catapulted the one world religion coming into existence by I don't know how far. We are closer than we think. Someone shared with me this past week, they said, I've stopped looking for the signs, I'm just listening for the trumpet. <laughs> and with that in mind, I'd like to close the service today because we have a little bit of time left and it was planned to do so and the Lord worked this out. Listen to this song because it's about you and I.
Prophecies fulfilling, oh, and signs of the time there appear. 